0: Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Losada and today we're talking about the effects of stress during pregnancy. Is a little stress good for your baby? What about chronic stress? What are some good ways to deal with all the anxiety and guilt? And what if you have a high-risk pregnancy? How does it all affect you? Harijat tells us more. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Natural Breastfeeding and their free quick start video, which shows you a simple technique to prevent nipple pain and the easiest way to help your newborn latch and for you to produce enough milk for your baby. Go watch it at naturalbreastfeeding.com. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Mamas and Mamas-to-be, and Mighty Dads and Dads-to-be. As always, thank you so much for listening and for all the love you give the show. I appreciate all your comments, your requests, and of course, your reviews, since those help get the show in front of even more parents. So please, 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 if you like what you hear, then consider leaving a review and subscribing while you're at it. It really helps. Also, if you're pregnant, here's a quick reminder to go to birthful.com and get a free copy of my postpartum preparation worksheet. You prepared for birth what about for the baby so you want to fill that out before baby arrives please go to birthful.com to get your free copy all right My guest today is Parijat Deshpande, a leading high-risk pregnancy expert who educates and guides women on how to have healthier pregnancies, decrease their risk of preterm birth, and give their baby a healthy start to life. Parijat is a clinically trained therapist, a women's wellness expert, and an experienced speaker on the impact of stress on health and wellness. She has over four years experience as a psychology lecturer at UC Berkeley and is the founder of MySahana, a South Asian mental health Nonprofit. Parijat is also a member of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And she's the host of the new podcast, Delivering Miracles, which focuses on the more challenging aspects of getting and staying pregnant in order to bring home a healthy baby and a healthy you. Parijat, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be speaking with you too. This is, and we have to like give a little shout out to Ariana Taboada for bringing us together. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Ariana. (laughs) Yay. Um, So, talking about pregnancy and stress or pregnancy stress, let's first try to define a little like how, why is this important at all? How does stress and anxiety affect a regular pregnancy?
1: I'm so glad that you ask because this is something that. There's a sense of mysticism almost around it about what is stress and how does it affect the pregnancy? Does it affect the pregnancy? The reason that I'm so gung-ho about this is because it does. Stress and anxiety does affect your pregnancy. Before we get into the details, I want you to think about when you're really nervous, right? You're about to go on stage and give a presentation. You're about to meet the love of your life on your first date and you're nervous. What happens in your body? Your heart starts racing, right? You've had that that feeling of your heart feels like it's going to jump out of your chest or your hands start sweating. Your um, mouth gets really dry, right? That I want you to remember that because as we talk about pregnancy, it's hard to believe for a lot of people that how you're feeling emotionally can actually translate physically when in everyday life we have proof that our mind and body are eternally, completely interconnected, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I'm, I'm always saying like, that's something that I stress a lot with my clients during birth. Um, that, you know, like thoughts, thought, like feelings, that's just thoughts that have a physical response. Yep. And you just described it perfectly. And, I can, you know, we we live it day to day. And during birth, it's huge, too, because it
1: it can affect, but I don't want to sidetrack. But yes, it's just exactly, exactly. And I think it's a great reminder to always have, you know, that how I'm thinking how I'm feeling emotionally is impacting my body. Now, what that means is that you can actually the changing the way you think or how you feel can have a positive impact. So we're not saying that, it's all negative, and it's that's kind of the only way that it goes. It can be positive too, which I know is the work that you do with all your moms also. So now when we talk specifically about pregnancy, stress comes in a lot of different forms. Anxiety is one source of stress, but things like physical pain, not sleeping enough, being hungry or not getting enough nutrition, being dehydrated – all of those things set off a stress response in your body. So I hear sometimes moms tell me, well, I don't feel stressed and that's great. But what you're saying is you don't feel anxious, but there's so many other sources of stress that we need to look at to make sure that you're not having that stress response in your body. Now, what is that response? It is, it affects your immune system It lowers your immune system. And as you know, when you're pregnant, your immunity is already lowered. And so you don't want to lower it anymore because that really increases your risk of infection, which, uh, especially during pregnancy, is not something that you want to play around with. And it can also trigger an inflammatory response in your body, which has been shown to be connected with a lot of different pregnancy complications, even in women who have otherwise very healthy pregnancies. So this is why it's really important that we talk about stress and anxiety, because number one, it's not just anxiety. it's There's so many different risk factors, so we need to look at all aspects of your health to make sure you're having a healthy pregnancy. And number two is because how you're thinking, how you're feeling, your emotional state and your overall wellness does impact your pregnancy and so getting support for that early can help you have a healthier pregnancy so you can focus on bringing home a healthy baby Mm,
0: and i can really appreciate that distinction of you know i don't feel stress what you don't feel is anxiety and that your body can be stressed in a lot of different ways emotionally but also physically the point about not sleeping enough That's something that, in general, as a culture, we don't quite value. (laughs) Isn't it true? You're so right. (laughs) Our sleep. So I, I really appreciate that holistic view of stressors in general.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you look at it that way, then it takes a little bit of that blame away uh, which I know a lot of women, especially when you're pregnant, it's easy to feel like you're doing something wrong and you're causing a problem. And it really isn't. It's just we have to zoom out a little bit and look at: Is your environment supporting you enough? Or do you have enough people that are supporting you enough? Do you have enough tools to support you during your pregnancy? Because this is a very special, it's a very unique time in your health and in your life, and so you you need different types of support to help you through these 40 weeks. Mm,
0: that is such, I had it on my notes here to ask you about the guilt. <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> pregnancy can be such, you know, it's, your body's hijacked, right? You have this right. baby and already you have all these things that you can't eat and you can't, you know, be careful where, where you go and the sauna and the, like, there's so many restrictions within your body while pregnant Thinking that oh, uh, you also have to monitor your thoughts now, that can be extremely overwhelming. Like,
1: how do, you, how do you balance that? Right. It's, you know, one of the things that I teach my clients that you're bringing up right now is that it's so overwhelming. There's everybody's got an opinion about what you need to do and when you need to do it and what you need to stop doing. And it's, it's endless. And it makes you feel like not only is your body hijacked, but your life is hijacked, Mm -hmm. right? And so what I encourage women to do is to just tune out the noise first. Okay, stop listening to what your mom's telling you, your mother-in-law, your doctor even, your, and just get present in your body in that moment. And listen and pay attention to what your body needs because your body is always communicating with you it is always telling us whether we're pregnant or not it is always telling us what it needs it's just our job to listen and pay attention and to give it what it needs and so part of then balancing all the things that you need to do because you do need to follow your doctor's recommendations your mom or your mother-in-law really may have some great advice on how to have a healthier pregnancy is to always go back to your body Because that's where the ultimate truth is. That's where you know what you need for your particular pregnancy. And if you've been pregnant more than once, you know each pregnancy is different. So you've gotta do this every single time. And part of being able to bring that thought management, that emotion management into your life is to make it a habit. So it's not gonna happen overnight and it's not going to be something that is easy very quickly. But if you take it little by little and you make it a habit every single day, for example, making it a point every night before you go to bed to write down three things that you're grateful for or to every morning write a brain dump of everything that you're worried about that could happen that day. Those little things, they may seem small in the moment, but they're building up these big foundational blocks of really good habits that you're going to have during your pregnancy that are going to really help you even once the baby comes home. Mm. And it's all connected, isn't it?
0: Because what you do during pregnancy helps what your birth and what, you know, how the birth goes helps you postpartum. and, And the earlier you can start getting into that habit of resetting your nervous system and going back to base level. It's going to really help you like both things that that you said about, you know, being mindful and making air practice is a huge help to deal for dealing with with the contractions with the sensations of labor itself um, of and also being connected to your body. If you can practice that during pregnancy, it will make. Figuring out what your body needs and how it needs to move and, and being connected with your body and your baby much easier during labor, too. So I just love yes. how it's not just for now. <laughs> it's
1: it, Yeah. Exactly. You're really investing in your future. It's not just for now. It's not just for the birth. It really is for the rest of your life. And, and we're starting it now because now it's not just you that's being affected by it. It's also your baby.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love looking at pregnancy like that as an opportunity for yeah. r- figuring out good habits. You know, like one of the things I, I 12 years ago, a long time um, <laughs> when my daughter was born, like I stopped drinking coffee like most people recommend recommended uh, it do. And, and their, re- their recommendation is, you know, limit your caffeine. And then I never got back into it. You know, nine yep. months of not doing it was enough for me to go like, huh. I do tea instead, and I do. Um and sure. not very caffeinated teas, but but yeah, now I can't do coffee because it makes me jittery. Like I can see very much the difference in my body there you go. when it comes in. Yeah. So now yeah, I, isn't that I, amazing. Yeah, I avoid it. Yeah, yeah. But so it's that opportunity to to create really good habits. Um right. during pregnancy. So now what other things Um, can moms do, uh, pregnant people do during pregnancy to minimize the stress? And and you had mentioned there's the the anxiety part Um, and, you know, for not sleeping well and dehydration and hunger, I think those are more, those are easier to connect and deal with. If, Mm -hmm. you know, very straightforward, like just really try to get more sleep. Um, (laughs) That one is is straightforward. But what about the minimizing the anxiety, at that level of stress? What uh, are other tips that you have aside from, you know, these great suggestions of doing the brain dump in the morning, which I love, um, or writing down three things that you're grateful for at night?
1: Yeah, I so what I want to remind all the listeners of is that anxiety is what we call a forward focused or a future focused emotion. So it's not about anything in the present. It's about our fears and our worries about the future. And so one of the best ways to reel yourself back in from that is to bring yourself into the present. Don't go so far that you go into the past. We don't want to do that. But reel yourself back into the present. And a couple of things that I love to do and that I love recommending to my clients to do too is to practice mindfulness. Now, that's kind of a buzzword right now. But what that really means is being very present in your body. And so one of the, one of the most fun exercises that I love to teach is Just being really present with your baby and whether your baby is too small for you to feel movement or not, it doesn't matter. You can either, if they're too small, you can imagine what they might be doing in there. If they're big enough for you to feel them moving, close your eyes and put your hand on your belly and just really imagine what's going on in there. What's your baby doing? How does it feel for you? How does your, ba- your body react to each movement that your baby's making? And be really connected in the moment. And that works for two reasons. One is because, again, it brings you back into the present, which is the antidote for anxiety. And two, it really strengthens that bond that you're building with this child that you're growing. And for a lot of women who struggle with anxiety during pregnancy, focusing on that bond can be scary, because you're worried that something might happen, that you're not being good enough, that you're making mistakes in your pregnancy. And so it really takes away from that connection. And so by doing this exercise, it really it it brings you in the present and it it changes the anxiety into a more positive, more joyous experience which can help really connect you to your baby.
0: Mm. I love that. And that also reminded me while you were talking, um, it seems such a beautiful exercise, of so just really putting your, your hands on your belly and doing that. It reminded me of a conversation I had um, also on the show with Penny Simkin about singing to your baby in utero yeah. and creating yeah. a specific song for your baby um, that can then, you know, there's Pavlovian stuff to that too, that that song then becomes something that
1: calms you down. Right, right. Absolutely. It's, it's another reminder for you every time you sing it that, okay, I'm right here, you're right here, and we're okay.
0: Mm. And then it can be, um, she was mentioning how it can
1: be a
0: soothing, a distant soothing technique for baby once baby is born. So say, for example, if you're, if you're yeah. driving and baby's in the car seat behind crying and you can't really stop to you know soothe your baby and you're far and can't be reaching behind you to to calm Mm -hmm. your baby um that singing the song is an it's a you know non-direct contact distant way of of being able to soothe your baby and i thought oh what a fabulous tool i
1: love that Mm,
0: yeah so now let's talk what i hear Often there's the rebuttal of, yes, but a little stress is good for you, baby. And, <laughs> and I wanted to know your thoughts about that. I remember reading for the first time that concept based on research um, in the, books, uh, the book Origins by Annie Murphy-Paul, which is, I can't believe it's like, I'd look back at it um, when I was preparing for the show, 2010. Um, it's Origins, How the Nine Months Before Birth Shaped the Rest our, our Lives. And it was the mm-hmm. first place I read about epigenetics, Mm -hmm. Um, So cool, right? So very cool. Which um, do you feel comfortable explaining to the listeners what what epigenetics is or am I putting you on the spot?
1: (laughs) No, I I can just take a quick stab at it. It's just the idea that when your baby is in utero, that you both are actually influencing each other's physiology and down to, um, the, the smallest units that it's going both ways, which is something that we hadn't really thought about until very recently, which is so amazing. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they've seen
0: that they've, there's either, this is a, a side note, but there's even, um, bur, b- your baby's cells after you give mm-hmm. birth are—they find those in your brain, in your lungs, yeah. and like in your body. It really becomes a part of you. Um, but yeah, what I found fascinating about epigenetic was the timing. Meaning, we've always thought, oh, it's genetics—if you have this or that the incidence, you know, high risk for tendency for. Um, diabetes for example but it's more of there's the gene so there's the possibility of it but certain circumstances need to happen for it to be turned on or off right and then that's the epigenetic part of it of are the conditions met or not so for example that you know you might have a situation where if you were stressed at that point then that gene's going to turn on Causing elevated chances of again, for example, diabetes, but if you were calmer, then it doesn't, and then you kind of avoid it for your child right and i I think that was I, I I butchered that a little bit, but um yeah, there was a a an a research piece in that book talking about how a little stress is beneficial, so roundabout way to come back to that question. What are your
1: thoughts on that? Well, here's the thing about stress. We all feel it, we're built to feel it, and we're designed to be able to handle it. But we're only designed to be able to handle it in short bursts, and the example that I like to give is we are designed to be able to run away from a bear that's chasing us, right? So think of it as a short burst like that where you're being chased by this bear and you need the stress hormones ramped up in your body to get you to safety. So there's nothing wrong with stress in itself. The problem becomes that now we're no longer in a situation where we're being chased by bears and that the stress that we feel is coming from different sources and we don't have the same outlet. And that's why it ends up sitting in our bodies and why it's connected to so many chronic illnesses and in the case of pregnancy, why it's connected to pregnancy complications because we don't have a place to put it and it goes on for much longer than our bodies are built to be able to tolerate. So short bursts bursts of stress, absolutely. And I really do understand that because that's how life is, right? Our life is designed, at least it used to be, to to handle those short bursts. And so by providing that through mother's body to the fetus, it builds and designs and, and creates this baby to be able to tolerate life stressors like that to be able to almost like setting the thermostat to a normal level of stress tolerance. But again, because that's not typically how many women's experience are that there's so many stressors for so long that that's when we start seeing uh, issues being transmitted from mom to baby.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Yeah,
0: no, that makes total sense that it's just for we can be stressed for a little bit. Um, we are right now going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to get into that. What, what you know? What are the consequences a little bit deeper of the consequences of a sustained stress? And also how, um, what about if, if, if we're talking about a high risk pregnancy? What are some of the considerations that are different for that situation? We'll be right back. Did you know that even though most expectant moms plan to breastfeed, the majority aren't really adequately prepared to get off to a good start? That is why world-renowned breastfeeding experts Dr. Teresa Nesbitt and Nancy Moorbacher have created their fabulous quick start video that gives you everything you need to know to get started with natural breastfeeding. Best of all, it's free. How awesome is that? Through their quick start video, you'll learn a simple technique that prevents nipple pain. You'll also find about the simplest way to help a newborn latch, as well as the best way to produce enough milk for your baby. These things will set you well on your way to a blissful breastfeeding relationship. And did I mention that it's free? Go watch the quick start video to natural breastfeeding at naturalbreastfeeding.com. back talking about pregnancy and stress so I left some questions up in the air (laughs) and there were what are the consequences of constant stress you know we talked a little bit of how to try to avoid it and and when you mentioned how it it it, uh uh, (laughs) let me look at my notes about different stress forms um but yeah what are those consequences to baby
1: Well, there's a lot of research that's been done over the last 20, 30 years now that show the impact of chronic and high levels of maternal stress on the pregnancy and on fetal development. So we're seeing connections between high levels of stress and developing preterm contractions, uh, developing gestational diabetes, preeclampsia. There is one of the there's two main researchers that have been kind of the pioneers of stress in pregnancy and kind of really trying to get the word out there of how serious this is. One of them was able to find that the higher the level of stress and the more prolonged level of stress mom has, she's more at risk for intrauterine infections, which like we talked about earlier, you know, stress dampens your immune response and so an intrauterine infection can be dangerous for mom and baby. And the other researcher has found that High levels of stress for mom, emotional stress especially, so we're talking anxiety, can actually set the clock for preterm labor as early as in the first trimester because the way that the body works during pregnancy, high levels of stress are associated with the placenta secreting a certain hormone that's really only seen during labor. And if it secretes it too early and you get too much of it, it sends a signal to the body it's time to deliver. So we're talking about some really serious impact. There's also some research that shows stress affects the blood flow to the baby. It changes the the functioning and the size of the placenta. And women who are have experienced high stress or anxiety during pregnancy tend to give birth to low birth weight babies. So all this to say, I mean, it's not to scare any of your listeners, it's really to say this is serious. This is not something you want to push aside and say, well, I'll deal with it later. Uh, this is something you want to look at and look at very quickly.
0: And I think it's really important to consider that we do live more stressed out lives. And Absolutely. in general, we all tend to, we're, you know, we're all functioning on that constant stressor of constantly, you know, all the time saying, Oh, I just don't have time for this. I just our lives are crazy. So that it's tough when that is your normal to then have to really switch back or back it off during pregnancy um, for these considerations. What are some ways that moms can You know, we've talked about just being mindful and realizing that acknowledging and and realizing that this is something that can definitely affect baby can sometimes be enough of a motivator. But do you have any other um, possible motivators so that moms are more apt to... (laughs)
1: to changing
0: their lifestyles?
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, One of my favorite things that I love to teach, I think I say this about everything I teach because I love teaching everything I teach, but uh, this one's one of my favorites because a lot of the women that I work with, they call themselves you know, type A super planner women. Like I love to plan things out and I like to have things organized. I need to know what's going on. And so we use that to our advantage to plan out their days. And- we look at, we literally pull out a planner and we look at, okay, let's insert everything that you're doing in the day and let's put it on your planner. So you have a times dedicated specifically to it because you get the visual then of seeing how much you're cramming into one day and you can then see, oh gosh, my body just can't keep up with that the way that it used to, not because there's anything wrong with you, but just because you're Pregnant, and you're using a lot of your energy to grow a baby. And so what I have them do dr- in that planner is, you know, write out your daily activities and work responsibilities and everything else that you have going on your classes and whatever. And also to write in what's happening to your fetal development that day, you know, and we don't know day to day what happens. So we kind of make it up. But I made an eyeball today. I made an eyelash today, you know, or whatever that is, because we forget that while we're going through our day-to-day routine, we're also growing a human being, which takes a toll on your body. And when you see it that way, very visually, it's a really good reminder that, hey, I'm I'm functioning at a different level than I was before I was pregnant, and I just cannot keep up with the pace of life that I used to have because I'm also growing a person at the same time.
0: Mm. Yeah, and that's another one of those aha moments that I think if... If pregnant people practice this during those nine months, they get into the habit of it. And even if they don't write it down, but mentally can, you know, parse that day out in their mind, that can help them so much during postpartum, especially type A moms that yeah. can have a huge wake up call when you don't have that checklist you know, that the the things that you do during the first weeks with your newborn are not tangible in the sense of like, I finished doing, you know, check, 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 check. Because right. a lot of it is recovering. Of right. It, and discovering your baby and yes, changing diapers and figuring out <laughs> if you were able to sleep more than four <laughs> hours and 24 in a day. um So right, I
1: love this exercise. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it's something that, you know, really resonated with me when I was going through it. And, and I, I know that it really, there's something very powerful about just acknowledging what you're doing, that we just tend to take it, take it for granted that, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm pregnant, but I'm also doing all these things. So it really just, again, it's really related to the mindfulness piece, again, of bringing yourself to the present and really acknowledging what's happening right now.
0: And also to switching the value. I mean our uh, back to our society and culture it doesn't really help us that we're expecting moms to bounce right back after pregnancy and, I know. And you know being pregnancy being pregnant while you're pregnant but what that doesn't mean you're not going to work until the very end and you're not going to do all the like it's really important to acknowledge that being pregnant is a, a lot like that on its own you are already taxing your body to an extent, to normal extent, but you know, you're not, it's not the same thing as not being pregnant for sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, I definitely recognize that there are some moms who Physically cannot stop working until right up until their due date, you know, the way that our system is set up. It's just not supportive of that. Mm -hmm. Not all jobs can allow for that. And I completely understand, which is why it goes back to the idea that stress comes from so many different sources. So if you can't manage how long you're working, can you Bring down your level of stress from all these other areas in your life so that you're only being taxed by one or two things like being pregnant and working hard, but the rest of it is supportive of healing, which is really important. And then you are going to lower your risk again of all these other things that we've talked about and give yourself a chance at staying pregnant, having a healthy pregnancy, which is the ultimate goal.
0: Well, and I also find that for high... I no longer consider myself a type A, but I used to when I was, <laughs> before I was pregnant. And um, it, one of those things that we tend to just want to do it all ourselves and right. not realize the importance of setting up support systems and support teams around us and delegating and, you know, maybe changing the, lowering the bar a bit or changing our perspective into what constitute a good job, you know, lowering that perfectionism.
1: Um, Yeah, you bring up such a good point, because I think we have a sense of accomplishment or what we want to do, or this vision of what we want to be able to achieve. And then we've associated and tied so closely to a judgments about that, that if I hit this mark, then I am great, or I am Good. And if I don't hit it, then what does that say about me? I'm not good enough. I'm not trying hard enough or whatever. And I think you bring up such a great point that we have to separate that judgment out from this, what needs to be a flexible acceptance or expectation of what you can do. And that changing that bar or lowering that bar means nothing about you as a mother or as a human being. Exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's (laughs) It's not easy. No, no, it is. So then, okay, let's, let's take it up a notch. What about for moms who are experiencing a high risk pregnancy?
1: Right. So then we enter a whole new realm of stress because now there is a very real risk to mom or to baby whether it's a risk of developing complications or they already have complications and they're facing them head on. And the one thing that I like to make very clear for moms who are high risk is that your stress is not just coming from anxiety and sleep and de- you know how well hydrated you are and all of that that we talked about, but you're also facing a very real fear. And there's a difference between fear and anxiety that I think is really important that we talk about because fear, unlike anxiety, which we talked about is future focused, fear is very present focused. Fear is the response to a present danger, which is often what women with high risk pregnancies are feeling and facing. And that fear, Fear is something that fuels your stress, but is not something that necessarily you can lower the way that you can lower anxiety. And so it's really important that you reach for and get support for, from a professional who understands the difference between real fear and anxiety and can help you manage both in the most effective way because you're already at high risk of complications. You're already at high risk for delivering early. You don't want stress to be one of those risk factors.
0: Mm. I was looking through your website and I saw you had um, a couple of things that I wanted to share with with, uh, the listeners. One was that, you know, more than half of women who deliver prematurely had stress as one of the factors that contributed to their premature premature delivery. So just to drive home, like, you know, how important this is without the need for guilt, but just to consider it when sometimes it might be something that, you know, gets dismissed easily. Right. Yeah. And the other one was that really... I don't know if it spoke to me, but that was kind of eye-opening. Of like, huh? That's I hadn't considered it that way. Is that having uh, you? You mentioned that high-risk pregnancy is already a situation that is it, it's already a trauma
1: situation. Can you can you expand a little bit more on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, a high-risk pregnancy when you're facing so you're you're facing a real present danger. Um, and, And I use these words because that really is how your body is interpreting it. And when you're faced with danger, it becomes like a traumatic situation so for women who are high risk there's this elevated sense of fear and worry about what's going to happen not because they're imagining the worst but because they've been told that the worst could be possible and how possible that is varies definitely between one woman to the next and what she's dealing with in her high-risk pregnancy but that trauma of going through a pregnancy and knowing that you may not bring this baby home, knowing that something could be happening or something is already happening that could prevent that from being your future reality of being able to bring home this baby is living through a trauma. And other than, a couple of other situations, there really is nothing like a high-risk pregnancy where you go through an extended trauma like this. Trauma usually either has little breaks in between where you can get a re- some relief from it or it is in like a one-time episodic type of situation, but a high-risk pregnancy is one that's continuous. And you don't get a break from this trauma. And what that does is it actually impacts the way that you heal from a high-risk pregnancy once it's over, both physically and emotionally. What are some ways that it impacts that, the healing? Well, for one, the way that I see it most frequently is after the pregnancy is over, whether you deliver prematurely in babies in the NICU or you deliver at a term and your baby's at home, it takes several months for your brain to kind of process what you've been going through because you're not processing it in the moment. You're in survival mode. And I usually see it about six to 12 weeks after baby has come home, whether that's after a NICU stay or right after delivery. And it, it's almost like a wave just crashes over mom and she's at home. And baby's fine, baby's safe, baby's healthy, but she can't stop crying or she jumps at the sound of a microwave beep because it reminds her of the NICU. She can't sleep at night because she's worried something bad's gonna happen to the baby. Or I hear all the time from moms that, They wake up in the middle of the night, baby's crying, and their first thought is, "Oh my gosh, did something happen?" The first thought is never, "Oh, it's time for a feeding. He or she must be hungry." Now, all of these things can sound like maybe PTSD, maybe postpartum depression, maybe postpartum anxiety, but what they really are is after a continued trauma like a high risk pregnancy, they're really your body and your brain's way of saying, "We've got to process this. We're okay now. We're safe now." We have to process what we've just been through.:
0: That is a huge and fantastic point. I'd like I, I love this because this is completely out of my scope, so I'm learning so much. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, now, aside from alongside. With getting support from a professional that actually understands what they're going to through, right? That understands the the risks and the emotions and the process of high risk trauma. What are some other things that moms can do in this situation in their day to day? If they're suddenly in their body is, you know, they can't stop crying and they're, and they're processing the nine months that they just went through.
1: Right. The number one thing that I tell all moms in this situation is to tell your story. Now, not everyone can hear it. I will say that outright that either people have moved on or they can't handle the reality of what you've been through. So either find somebody who's going to be able to listen to it or write it down, get a journal and just start writing and tell your story over and over and over. When you gain what we call gaining mastery over your story, it starts to diminish its power over you and you're able to function then as somebody who has the scars from your journey but is no longer being defined by your journey. So that's the number one thing that I, I suggest if you can't find somebody to talk to, write it down and just start from the beginning, whatever you think your beginning is, and just go through it top to bottom over and over and over. The other thing that I recommend is once you're cleared by your doctor to exercise, whatever form of exercise you can handle. And again, listen to your body about what you can do. Get out there and get your body moving. Now, you hear that a lot because it aids physical recovery. It's really good for your mood and all of that is very true. But another thing that exercise does is it puts you back in your body because again now your your brain is pulling you back into the past going let's deal with what we've just been through your anxiety is pulling you to the future going oh my gosh what's going to happen you've got to stay in the present and that is kind of a almost like balancing out a seesaw of keeping that stable and by being present in your body really feeling your body moving the your feet against the pavement how your breath feels when you're running or whatever it is you're doing It's going to help bring you back to center so you can gain your, get your bearings straight almost so you know what you need to do next to help you take that step toward healing. Mm, Fantastic. I love both of those. Those are fantastic.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Yay. Parada, is there anything else that you want to make sure listeners know about in terms of the the pregnancy and stress and, and high risk pregnancy and everything we've been talking about?
1: Yeah, I think the one thing I really, really, really want to hit home is pregnancy complications, prematurity, none of that is your fault. Even if you were so, so stressed out during your pregnancy, it's not your fault. So rid yourself of that guilt. This is not your fault. But as you're preparing for pregnancy, as you're going through pregnancy, if you recognize that there are factors that are stressing your body out more than the typical pregnancy. If you're going through a high-risk pregnancy and you're recognizing you need some support, reach out for it. You deserve it and you need it. Your baby needs it and you both will be so much better off for it. Mm,
0: absolutely. I find that this whole super mom idea is a trap that's really letting us down. We can't do everything and no? we shouldn't.
1: No, we were never built to do everything
0: ourselves. No. And then and acknowledging that and saying like, it's okay for me not to not to do everything and to ask for help is actually a sign of, you know, of bravery to actually ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I completely agree. Fantastic. What are some of the resources um, that you love for moms out there?
1: Well, uh, you know, I do work with women one-on-one. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you can learn about that through my website, parijatdeshbande.com. And on the website, I've got a, a bunch of different resources, including an ebook book on um, tips on how to have a healthy pregnancy and how to help you get pregnant if you're struggling with fertility as well. And there's a free gift on the website as well for your listeners on uh, questions you want to ask your doctor to help you get pregnant and stay pregnant, which I think is a whole other conversation that we could have about how to get your medical team on board with you um, to help you get and have the family that you've been dreaming of.
0: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And so they can contact you, everything through com. Let's spell that. I will put it on the show notes and people can certainly link to it and click through. But for those who are just listening, do like a slow
1: spell for them. Yes, <laughs> sure. It's P A R I J A T D E S H P A N D E dot com.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so so much for coming on the show today and sharing all this fabulous information. I really appreciate it.:
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was such an honor to be here with you today. Mighty ones, I love
0: to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts and if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Go to birthful.com where you can learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at Birthful, so come say hi. If this show has significantly helped you out, then please consider becoming a supporting patron at patreon.com slash birthful. I truly appreciate it. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful people at naturalbreastfeeding.com. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin MacLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Sabrisky. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Mighty One. Did you know that if you started listening to one Birthful episode per day at the start of your pregnancy, your baby would be about three months old before you got through all of them? That is so much birthful. So to ease us into the summer and to help you catch up on your listening, we're going back to releasing one episode per week instead of two. Now you know.